Welcome, everybody. Let's talk real estate. Your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California. As we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving this market today to find the best solutions going forward. With our man right in the middle, Barry Saywitz. Hey, Barry. Hey, good morning, Paul, and good morning to all of our viewers and our listeners out there. It is January 2nd. Happy New Year to everybody, 2024. I want to wish everybody out there and everyone here at the station a happy, healthy, prosperous New Year. We welcome it in. It's sunny here in Southern California, and I'm excited to be back, and we're doing it again. We're, we got an election year. We got all kinds of things going on in the economy, so we got plenty of stuff to talk about. Before we get going, I do want to do a shout-out to uh, the Michigan football team. I know Paul's an alumni, very excited here. He's been running around all morning. And also to the Washington football team. Those are two of the best college football games back-to-back that I've seen in a long, long time. So congratulations to them. We'll be back here next week, and we'll figure out who wins the final uh, showdown. Uh, And if Michigan loses, Paul probably be... (laughs) depressed and at home and if he wins he still may be uh, out partying and not show up either way so with all of that said i want to welcome our guest uh the esteemed mayor of the great city of aliso viejo mike munzing welcome to the show thank you barry look forward to being here I'm yeah happy to be here yeah so we're glad to have you and uh it's exciting first show of the year we thought we'd get off to uh, a great start and i know that both you personally and the city of Aliso Viejo have a lot of things uh, going on and a lot of things to talk about. So uh, glad to have you here with us this Thank morning. Thank you, Barry. So in terms of your uh, background, I guess let's let's go back a little bit personally and then we'll, we'll flip to the city for a second. But um, your history, you're a longtime resident of Orange County. Born and raised in Orange. Yeah. And so seeing all the growth, uh, we're both not that old, but old enough to have seen quite a bit of uh, dynamic growth. Yeah, certainly. Uh, here from a real estate standpoint and you started out um back around the same time i did in the brokerage business for a little bit and then switched into the mortgage what was the drive or the decision to get into real estate in the first place i've been working in the restaurant world but met one of the other guys uh, if you remember the the warehouse restaurant down in newport beach oh yeah worked at the warehouse one of the guys got his real estate uh license and said you really ought to do this i was raised my dad was a pastor and Don Tarbell from Tarbell Real Estate sure, sure. Uh, was part of the congregation. I'd known Don, and I gave Don a call. I said, "Hey, I'm thinking about getting my real estate license." And he's always trying to. He, he was always trying recruit, to recruit right? new new agents. So he said, "Let me put you through my real estate school." Yeah. Okay. So I got licensed in 19, and he understood I was kind of focused on the commercial industrial side, as was his son. But yeah, as I got licensed early and and didn't use it immediately, but. But that kind of was my entree into it. Still worked in the real estate, in the uh, restaurant world for a little while, but. But it's funny because the warehouse, uh, I lived down the street from the warehouse on the peninsula in Newport Beach, which is what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And my roommates were the bartenders at the warehouse uh, when they had the nightclub later on underneath, right? And and so it was a restaurant. And then it was also became a, a nightclub, and so I remember it very, very yeah, well. That's I worked in the bar, so yeah, that's when uh, they still allowed like loud music and partying, sure, and stuff. Before. But no dancing, right? It was, it was no dancing, right? I got kicked out for dancing. Once, sure, so. I bet. There you go. 
So, uh, so you get into the real estate business, and then all of a sudden, the real—I mean, you got the '80s, right? And mm. and it's booming, and there's stuff getting built, and there's big parties, and developers yeah. are throwing money left yeah, it was, and right. In the '80s, it's wild, right? I mean, you could make a deal, get a Rolex watch or a Porsche, sure. or, I or, mean, shrimp and lobster, and those yeah. were the days, right? Or, we talked a minute ago about a, a car phone, which was right. a big deal back then, because right. they weren't—you know—they were fourteen hundred dollars and. Big installation in your car. It was pretty wild. So, right. And, and each yeah. developer would try and outdo the next guy. Sure. Right? And, and sure. Uh, from a marketing standpoint and also just from, uh, you know, whatever they were building. And so all of a sudden, market goes south. Yep. Right. And yep. we were talking earlier. I started October 1989. Real estate market crashes November 1989. So right. that was my welcome into real estate. You decided well, to get in the mortgage business, right? Well, there was about a year in the middle where I tried to get into into electronics, which didn't go very well, you know, selling microchips and, you know, that was a tough market for that as well. So then a friend of mine had gotten into the mortgage world. He was more personal finance initially than wanted to get into the more real estate mortgage. I was a broker. I, I was at least smart enough to become a broker early. Yeah. So uh, I, be, I was asked to be his broker, learned a lot from him and went to work. We went to work together and uh, yeah, so we were on our own for the first, well, he owned the company, he owned it, but I, was the broker for the first few years. And he decided when things got really tough in the early 90s, when the rates started right. going up again, right. um, he got out, I moved in with a moved with a bigger company and started focusing on the realtors versus the initial uh, refi market. Yeah. So then- And yeah. it's funny how that comes full circle, right? So yeah. you're talking early 90s, market is struggling, and then there's multiple cycles in between, sure. and then not to jump over the recession and all of that, which I don't want to relive, but all of a sudden things are cooking along right before COVID, right? And then here we are again, and right. I don't want to say similar situation, but similar dynamics in that you have high interest rates, you have the market struggling along, you have volume just basically whacked because yeah. of the, the higher rates and people waiting to see what winds up yeah. happening. And the interesting thing is every time the rates are high, of course, then that becomes when they dip, that becomes another refi boom, right? And right. that's just it's cyclical that way. Uh, I just said not to relive the recession, but I had been talking for years because I was not a subprime guy. I was a straight up, you know, I think you got to qualify for this mortgage because I felt like I was looking after my client, right. the buyer, the borrower. If you can't actually qualify to live, this is going to be bad. You know, it's going to be a bad deal. So, getting some of these mortgages that saw going down were, you know, were crazy. They were yeah. talking about predatory lenders. It was predatory borrowers. Right, right. It was and borrowers because the borrowers are getting into loans they never should have gotten into. Right, and uh, we're being pushed by everybody. But I saw the the blame on that, and I was talking about that for years because it, you know, I saw some of these you know, no income qualifying, negative amortization to ninety percent right. or one hundred percent in some cases. This is, this can't exist, and it lasted about a year after that. And Bear Stearns was the one offering that, and they were. Gone, they were gone, gone pretty quick. Right. So, And then you had people giving it back. And so it's interesting. What's different now, I think, is you have these higher interest <laughs> rates, but you have a lot of people that are locked in at what is yesterday's rates. And right. so they're not motivated to sell unless there's right. a reason. Because if I have a 2.5% mortgage and I had to go get a 6.5% mortgage yeah. or more, exactly. <laughs> excuse me, then you know there's not a lot of motivation to double or triple my payment. Well, and that is why the real estate prices in residential have not fallen. Yeah. And because there's no inventory because, you know, my my rates below two and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's because, you know, me being in the industry, I saw it, but I saw it coming so I could nail it down. But I have no motivation to move. My wife and I don't even think about it because we're, we're sad. 
Yeah, and, and, and that's and that's really the case for a lot of people yeah. is, look, if I could trade up, if I could get a nicer, newer, bigger, different house, I would yeah. do it. But if I can't, I'm fine where I'm at. Exactly. Right? And then now the barrier to entry for a first-time home buyer or for somebody coming and moving into the area, especially in Orange County, uh, it's very, very uh, difficult, and and it really forces people to continue to rent, and yeah. you, you have a, a difficult time getting into something at the end of the day. The tough part is, do you, do you really believe these prices are real? Or, but once again, real estate's limited, and, and uh, you know, I, and being in politics, I'm always meeting with folks talking about, you know, how the inventory is low, and that's true it is, because yeah. there's a lot of renters out, and uh, that rental market's amazing right now. Again, let's rewind. I want to shift gears a little yeah, bit to the sure. city of Aliso Viejo. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. the city of Aliso Viejo, I did a little homework. <clears throat> oh, good. So Aliso Viejo means old sycamore in Spanish. Old I don't know if you... I've heard old poplar, but I, my, you, you've done more. My recent... friend, my friend Google said old sycamore, yeah. but if you say poplar, uh, I mean, that's what I meant. It's, old, it's an old tree. It's an way. old tree of some sort. And but, so, uh, but Aliso Viejo is really formed. Uh, out of, uh, I guess I'll describe it as an offshoot of the Molten Ranch, which was a very large ranch. It's, it's built on the, not an offshoot, of more of a built on the Molten Ranch, as was uh, Laguna Hills, as was Laguna Niguel, Laguna Woods, and Elisa Vieja. It was originally a 22,000 acre uh, ranch parcel that Lewis Molten, uh, in I think 1889, when he took ownership of that. And that was somebody else had a little bit before, but then it came out of the you know, the, and it really goes back the to, to Spanish. Yeah, really, really the, yeah, yeah. the land grant from the, the Spanish. Right? Exactly. And so they, the city was designed and the I guess the conception of it was really to be a master plan community. Absolutely. And, and really designed to be predominantly residential with, with pockets of commercial and retail. Right. From the Mission Viejo company was the, the company in charge of kind of doing that. Right. They had built Mission Viejo. That was their next project. Elisa Viejo. I, I saw, interestingly... An old movie, uh, it was Death Race 2000 with uh, David Carradine. But the background, they used the Ziggurat building. Oh, yeah. And the whole background was what is now Elisa Viejo. It was all right. rolling green mountains, green hills. It was great. But, uh, but yeah, so they, you know, when I was around down here years before, nothing was there. And we just watched a lot of the dirt work and then Elisa Viejo arrived. Right. And then they started selling homes. And then yeah. I remember, you know, people would be like, why are you going to move down there? There's nothing down there. Exactly. And then now it's, it's a great place to live. It's, sure. uh, it's uh, the proximity is even more uh, as everything else got developed around. Yeah. And, and the people who bought there early on did very, very well. Yeah. Parts of Mission Viejo and Laguna Niguel was already there. Yeah. So that helped there. They weren't, it wasn't an island. It was more of a, a growth off of what the initial, Build that way. So the city's only what about twenty? It's two thousand one. I think right. it was June. Yeah, uh, two thousand one. So it'd be twenty two years. Right. And so over that period of time, the city gets predominantly built out. Right. right. And it is. And a lot of it was built before, obviously, when the county had it. Yeah. It was county property earlier, much like Ladera Ranch is now, where it's just county property. It's not a city, but they were county. And then I think it was a lot of the fight over turning the El Toro base into an airport is where there was a lot of community involvement, which led to a group really wanting to make it a city. Yeah, really master plan yeah. all the way down all to the, the nth yeah. degree. I mean, yeah. whether it's schools or shopping. Or Everything's an or HOA. Everything. Right, right. We've got that centralized, the town center, which other cities have. They look at Laguna Niguel and, and Laguna Hills. They've got shopping areas all throughout the city. We've got the whole city wrapped around town center, which is the, and or surrounding that, you have the commercial base and then the, res, and then the retail base with a the theater and, 
It's right. a great setup. So. Yeah. And so in terms of looking forward, I mean, you've been, you've been involved with the city for 12, quite some time. 12 right? years, yeah. So that's like more than half the time that the city's yeah, been in, yeah. in business. What is the game plan then for the city in a general sense going forward? I mean, it's not really growth because you're pretty much built we're, out. We're pretty much built out, exactly. There's a lot of pressures coming in from more regional side. I know other guests have talked about the housing numbers and right. RENA, regional housing needs assessment, which is, you know, I've also served on SCAG, which is a Southern California Association of Governments, which is a regional board. And they're the ones that give every city a RENA number, which says you need to build this many properties. Right, right. They don't care that you're built out. We're, or that you uh, can't, or that you you're can't. constricted. They or, really don't care. Yeah. And their big thing is to low income housing. Right. But their low income housing is, they only do that by how many units per acre. So it's just really small properties. They don't control the, the prices. They just control the size or the, or the you go vertical or it, it just really crams a lot of properties into a small amount of space, which. And so, I mean, we had, we had, look, we had the mayor of, of Huntington Beach on. He's very sure. adamant about we're not doing yeah, it. Tony's and, great. Right. <laughs> I love Tony. Uh, so. You know, they're suing the state and yeah. the governor and all of that stuff. And it's just, you know, they're not participating, I guess, is the best way to. Right. Uh, and they've got, they're a set up as a, a different kind of their charter city. We're more of a general city, general law city. They've got a little more freedom to, to fight things. And who knows if Michael Gates is going to win and he's yeah. their city attorney. I'm following the. So sorry. Oh, see, it, look at that. That's him calling. That's, a, that's me forgetting to turn my ringer <laughs> off. And they've got, they really that last election was a coup for Huntington Beach. Yeah, and I think November is going to be as well. So they've they've got the the uh, the focus and they've got the cohesiveness of those four council members to really push this stuff. What do you do in your well, city? I mean, there's well, no our, place to build. I mean, yeah, you just feel like I can't. Right, right. And what we did the last time was we were fortunate that we had some senior living homes that we brought in. And that satisfied the requirement huh, at the time. So they had, I can't remember how many units it was. I think it was two different buildings, uh, 200 each, or I, I can't remember the exact number, but that was a little bit lower income, but it was provided a lot of homes for seniors, yeah. which is great. And it's still satisfied. And the ruling on that is you need to make properties available for that if it makes sense to a developer. Now, whether it ever gets actually built or not, we don't know. And those properties, the, the low-income properties, are being subsidized by the state. I've done some calculations where the amount of subsidized aspect of that, that housing, $300,000 per unit, and they want, I think we're at 1,100 units, I can't remember the exact number right now, but but 1100 that you have to, that you're that supposed, to, supposed to, to build, which is a crazy number and you do, I mean, for three, a city the yeah. size of 300,000 times 1100. Now, if you look statewide, if it's average 300,000 right. statewide, that's millions of properties, that's trillions of dollars. Nobody has that kind of money. Right. So what's really the motivation? I spent three years on that, that board up in LA, the SCAG. Yeah. Well, in L.A., you could take an old motel. You could knock something right. down. Well, you don't even have stuff that's old enough to knock down. Exactly. You know, that they met up in L.A., but they we ruled over, however, we covered right. six counties yeah. or 18 million people. You know, I fought them all the time. I was voting no on everything. That You know, I'd yeah, always be a no vote because you can't. You guys, your motivations are wrong. Yeah. There's lots of things coming down the pipe that they want that, for me, don't make common sense. Yeah, I, I, said, I don't even just, know how you do it. Yeah, you don't. And so so what else is the city then okay, focused so the city, on? It's on the positive note, right? right? On the positive right. note, um, 
many people remember our Lowe's Center. We've got the Lowe's Building. Everybody brings up the Lowe's Building. But now that's going to be a new, they're, they're subdividing it into Tesla with their sales, which would be great for sales tax, which as a city right, official, right. that's great. But we'll have a, a large Tesla sales facility, which will also have a maintenance facility. And I think, I don't think they're doing body work, but they're doing some other refurbishments in there. And it's going to be a delivery center. So when people get their, their Teslas, they'll be able to go there to pick them up. So it'll bring people into it'll the city in, and yeah. it's another down yeah. on the map. Exactly. Then next to that, I believe we have a, uh, a Lucky Strike. It was part of that Bolero, but now Bolero bought Lucky Strike, a big bowling alley, right. which, you know, it's old school, but it's fun. But it, in a general sense, it, it seems like, I don't want to put words in your no. mouth, but it's it's creating amenities yeah. for the people within Fun the for the family, yeah, entertainment right. for the family. Yeah. And that's good. So that, that we've got a big climbing gym coming in. Because old school traditional retail, and I feel bad when I buy on Amazon, but it makes life so much easier right. that uh, you do that. So we're bringing facilities that are actual, but people need to be there. It's a people thing. Yeah. And the climbing gym will... will uh, for fitness and that is it's really cool what they've done with that and they have it's called sender one and they have one right down the 55 here down the street and it's been pretty exciting and the, and the majority of the population in the city really is families right? yeah it's, it's yeah family, the family but it, it's a very fit community yeah. i mean we've got some of the best mountain biking in the county right behind us in elisa wood park to where i you know i used to race mountain bikes years ago and i did a lot of my training back there so it uh it's great that's part of the reason why my wife and I moved to Elisa Vieja when we did. I was not in politics then. I was, you know, not even a fraction of what I am now as far as folks. So what was the motivation to get into politics in the first yeah. place? I think I mentioned my dad was a minister. Right. So I was raised in, I believe, somewhat of a conservative viewpoint from home. From my dad being I think a, people would a call Christian conservative, pastor. right? Oh, right now, for sure. Oh, yeah. But I'm talking about developing time. Is it my foundation? But what really got me was I started working right there where Jimmy Carter was going out and Ronald Reagan was coming in. And, you know, Ronald Reagan was, I, I like many did, I watched what happened when with the hostages in Iran. Yeah. And then Reagan comes in on January 20th on his inauguration, they gave all the hostages back. I said, now that showed me something. And it was a, you know, they were, they were intimidated. They, they knew we, they didn't want to mess with Reagan. Right. They could mess with Jimmy Carter, but they didn't want to mess with Reagan. Well, they did mess with Carter, right? Yeah, I mean, sure. Of course they did. Yeah. So, so for me, I, I saw that as ah, oh, strength. You know, strength is a good thing, and, and they deemed Reagan very strong. They didn't want to mess with Reagan, so they gave all the hostages back. I could be very uh, simplistic way to look at it, but I was a young guy, and I saw how I felt about the economy and going to work under Carter, and, and then under Reagan. I just, it's like a, a new breath of... Right, it's night and day. Yeah, it's night and day. Exactly. So it was great. So that showed me early on, and I loved Reagan. I just thought Reagan was great. He wasn't perfect. Nobody. But it was the whole mindset, the whole feeling. He was better than Carter. Although oh, I guess yeah. anybody was better than yeah, Carter. Yeah, anybody was better than Carter. Yeah, exactly. So that instilled in me early on kind of a mindset of, you know, Reagan's good, Carter's bad, Reagan's a Republican now, and Carter was out of a different mindset. And over the years, it was more of a you know, hard, more of a hard work and uh, a meritocracy attitude if I worked hard. Well, when I got into real estate, I, we talked about it uh, before. I, I looked at a guy like Al Pekarsik, who was, at the time, was a, a big industrial guy, well, commercial industrial guy, great broker out there, who I saw him as a huge success. He was a huge success. And he worked so hard, but he had a great attitude and great 
vibe. I, I, just, I looked at my people I wanted to emulate. Yeah, yeah. And when I, now when I look at everybody trying to lower the bar to make so everybody's covered, well, that's not how people grow. So at what point did you decide, okay, I want to actually and oh. that wasn't until I, I was married previously and uh, working in the mortgage world and racing mountain bikes and and doing that. Was there was there an aha moment? Where you yeah, said, hey. well, yeah, my uh, I got remarried and then I think I, when I saw Obama and I just had a strange bad vibe about the guy. I just it wasn't just the, the, I well that sounds like kind of a communist. I mean, it was not saying he was a communist, but it was just that different mindset. I hadn't really heard it articulated that way. And it just really hit me hard where I'm like, no, this, I don't like this at all. This is not how we should be. And so you said to yourself, hey, I need to get involved. Yeah. And I started learning more about some of the development stuff. I, you know, I don't want to go back to anything conspiratorial, but I think all Agenda 21, what we're facing now with 15 minute cities, there is an ongoing process. And we're talking about future development. There's a lot of motivation coming out of coming out of uh, Europe and different things that are, and that's why I stay in politics now is that I'm just trying to watch what they're trying to push here and trying to, you know, trying to be a stalwart against that. You were city council, you were yeah, mayor. See, well, I first got into the Republican, I'm sorry for not, first I got elected to the Republican Party Central Committee, the leadership gotcha. of the Republican Party. And actually my ex-wife was involved in that too. I was not as much, I mean, uh, I can't remember what year was it, uh, this is back when the Bob Dole, when, when, right? But but this is also back when Orange County really was right. almost com- exclusively, I'll say, right. Republican. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 in, in today's yeah. world, a little more split. Uh, oh, of course, yeah, and, and pockets, but but definitely more split than it yeah. was twenty years ago. They've really brought in a lot of the high density housing and more apartment projects and more multifamily residents, and that that does tend to, I like that a little bit more of a transient population which you know the homeowners have been there 30 years in many cases 40 50 and now but the multifamily people roll over and kind of move it tends to lead lean a little bit more liberal yeah, more yeah. democrat and uh and i think that brought a lot of that in and a lot of the policies uh the immigration policies certainly is has been rough on everybody or yeah. but, but uh, that brings in more of a dependent population that is looking for government assistance and if you're looking for government assistance, you're going to lean Democrat. Yeah. And so so now, you, this is what, your third stint My as mayor? third stint as mayor. So My, the people must like you. Yeah, well, it, it appears. But yeah. Yeah, I've got a lot done. I and mean, your I've, peers like you. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice. Because I came in and being the conservative, I, there, was a, there was a group that wasn't happy about me. Some of, the, some of the protests were entertaining. But a lot of those people either moved away or passed away. A couple of specifics. But uh, but fortunately, I've able to, to win a lot of battles, and you know, coming in initially, there was that's what got me interested in going for city council. There, they were moving towards one was a green city initiative that that had a lot. It would have cost the residents millions of dollars, and a lot of things that the state. I knew the state mandates were coming down. It's called Title Twenty Four, but it was the city's own version of you know they were trying to get ahead of it. I don't know who they're trying to win brownie points for, but. It was one of our director of planning out of Berkeley, and uh, and he had this whole mindset. He was had a Ickley handbook out of the UN, and he was trying to put it into place. Yeah, and it was very underhanded. I went to a, as a resident early. I went to a visioning meeting, as they call it, and 
I was just ridiculed and mocked and treated with disrespect. And I personally didn't like, and I didn't like it for the, for the fact that they could do that to other people. So I backed off, put a campaign together, ran for city council. It was Congressman Rohrabacher's wife, Rhonda, who really encouraged me to run. And here you are. I got elected and went back to that same director of planning and said, now you got to deal with me as a council member. Right, now you're fired. Or no, no, well, he was gone pretty quick. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know. Look, change is sometimes good. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, and here you are and the city's doing well. It's going great. So let's talk a little bit uh, going forward because it is an sure. election year. We're at the beginning yeah, of the year. I'm I think, up. I think, I mean, you were a good yeah. guest to have uh, uh, to, to start out the sure. conversation. Now we're getting closer to the election, right? Uh, right, and you've got not only the national stuff but the local stuff. Uh, right. Start with the local. What are some of the key races that you're watching here in Orange County or in Southern yeah. California that you think are going to be important? Well, this is, it kind of holds true. I know you, you met with our the chairman uh, Fred Whitaker, the Scott Boz race, the Senate, uh, congressional forty seven. Yeah, I got to remember the new numbers. They re, they redistricted. Right? I'm like, who's what? Where? Where am I? Yeah, he's he's pretty critical, and I think right now and. As things transpired, uh, David Ming got himself in some hot water with the DUI, and and that makes it a little bit tougher for him. But then another lady has come in to to go there as well. So can't remember how many are on the list, but I know Scott's got you know a good shot, and he's coming in strong. He's got a lot of support, and uh, that should be interesting to pick that. Ideally, pick that seat up. Yeah, Senate thirty seven, which is the district I'm in, which. I think it's currently held by David Min, but I know Josh Newman uh, is running for that. That one's kind of disheartening for me because I was I was going to run for that. Uh-huh. That was, but talking to people who care about me, Janet Lynn, and, and we talked before. I've had some medical challenges over the last number of years, and you just, don't need the headache. Yeah, right? I don't stick need with the, what you know. Yeah, stick with what I know, and uh, had some medical challenges, and you know it would be difficult on me uh, physically and medically to make that commute every week yeah. and uh, to Sacramento. But, but it will just, be an interesting race. It will be an interesting on. race. We've got three candidates fighting, and uh, I've been deeply involved in that. And then, and what do you think on the national level? I know everybody's got an opinion. Uh, you, know, I, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll ask the question because I'm, I'm curious myself, and, yeah. and we talk about it at the, at the dinner table more than once or twice, but do you think that Biden will make it to the election? Or is That's there a, a tough, plan well, for... Well, you're certainly for, starting to see... Every time the media ramps up to, you know, turn on him a little bit, he for somehow he remains right. He's still there. He's still there. You know, and I think, I mean, okay, I'm putting my Republican hat on a little bit now, but I think there was some disappointment in how Kamala Harris has performed over the years. I think they saw her as the, you know, hey, we can elevate her, and then. I don't know if it's the cackling. Yeah, no, I don't the, see it. I, I don't mean. think cackling or everything. She just hasn't performed. She hasn't. Yeah. Just done anything. They go, well, no, that's not going to work. And I do think of it, Gavin Newsom seems to be running a shadow campaign. Yeah. Well, for him, I think, you know, there's no downside, right? He's still right. governor and exactly. he's got nothing to lose other exactly. than raise the stakes. So he's been running kind of a shadow campaign that if, air quotes, something happens with Biden not being able to run. Right. Or his numbers are so bad they think yeah. he can't win, right? That, it's one or the other. Newsom is going to be the guy to, you know, I don't see anybody else. Yeah. So. You know, not with that kind of charisma. And he's got serious charisma. I, you know, I met him years ago and at a big conference, and the guy's got serious charisma. Yeah, and I just look. You know, for yeah. me, I, I look at it uh, for, as a businessman right. and as a small business owner. 
it is a challenge, and, yeah. and, and there's been nothing but struggles to, to continue to manage and grow and try and be successful in business. Uh, and for the average person to try and get ahead, it's just really uh, the, the overall economic platform and the yeah. processes and the things that they put in place really have not been. Well, there. the tough part in, in running a business, as I had for many years, is the confidence in what's coming or the stability in what we can count on. And with it's like ever shifting sand. It's hard to know how to build your foundation or build for growth when you don't know what's coming. Yeah. And most of what's coming isn't based in common sense. Well, and people, I think people react based on what they believe is coming. And if you right. don't know what's coming, it's hard to react. No different than interest right. rates, right? We're back yeah. to the real estate piece, which is if I felt like interest rates were going down tomorrow, right. then I might start circling the wagons. And if, if I felt like it was going to dip, then maybe I would refinance. Maybe I would sure. buy a house. Maybe I would do something. But with the fact that it hasn't, then it just keeps everybody on the sidelines and, and sort of just kicks the can. Yeah. And the question is, you know, it, it's been brought up, you know, do you think rates are going to drop? Well, being it's an election year, traditionally, historically, rates have trended downward a little into election year. But you're I, not going to see what uh, no, we saw before. No, it's gone. absolutely not. Yeah, it's gone. I've been watching that, the spending on both sides, on the federal spending, the printing, let's say, the excessive printing of money. Uh, in the long term, it's going to be hard to know how we're going to recover from that without some fairly hard, you know, austere, you know, tough moments. Yeah, and for sure. It's going to be, you know, it's not going to be the gravy train forever. It just can't be. And yeah, and I think, uh, well, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, yeah. the, the change may be what gets people off the fence and, and what gets people believing that there's a brighter day ahead. Right. Uh, and I guess we're going to hear a lot more about it as we get closer to the election. We can sure. go on that one all day. Yeah. But as exactly. I told you when we started, it goes quick. We've only got a couple yeah, yeah, minutes exactly. left. I, I do want to back up for a second. So I, I do want to touch on the fact that, uh, you mentioned you had some some medical issues, and yeah. so y you are a survivor of a double lung transplant. Yeah, September twenty third of twenty twenty, which is just uh, mind boggling. And so we're happy to have you here, and well, glad you're upright you. and breathing. I'm glad I'm and here. Doing it. You look great. I'm, in the big so, picture, I'm glad I'm here. Yes. Yeah. So I'm getting just getting through some stomach stuff now. Again, I've started with it started with stomach issues. Uh, had the lung transplant. Now, I've since had other stomach issues that that uh, I've got an appointment on Thursday that. I'm going to address more of that, but it, that's that's getting better and looking good. My weight's, you know, a year ago I was 40 pounds lighter, and uh, no, now I'm at my target weight and getting stronger, and it, things are good. Things yeah, are looking well, up. we'll knock on wood and yeah. we'll keep our fingers crossed for you. And, but it's, uh, it's an exciting, it's going to be an exciting year. Uh, once again, some people don't realize that many of the cities in Orange County, we rotate mayors every year. Yeah, yeah. And that's what people don't understand, but... but uh, some cities are elected mayors, we're not. We rotate, which is great. It gives everybody a chance to, you know, say they're a mayor, and it doesn't give you any more power, really. I mean, you you only have one vote on the council, right. and you just sort of, you get to run the meetings, and... You get the gavel. Yeah, yeah, you get the gavel, and people say, well, what do you want to do? Well, my view on running a city is, I look at a white canvas where I want to provide a beautiful, safe city for my residents to paint their lives. I don't want to be painting their lives. Yeah. So that we have, I want to bring in great retail, great entertainment. We have a new ranch. We have a Elisa Vieira ranch that's been amazing. I was instrumental in bringing that together. That was the, you mentioned Molten Ranch. That was the last 7.7 .7 acre parcel of the original Molten Ranch from Lewis Molten back in, you know, 1889. Yeah, crazy. So it's fantastic. And we we brought some of the history back. And that's been great for weddings and, and the public and folks can go out there and see it. It makes a good, uni, you know, unifying area. And so if people want to find out more about the city, what's the website um, for the city? That they well, for the city, it's AV, 
city.org. So just AV for Elisa Vejo, city.org. We used to be much longer. We shortened it into something short and cute and <laughs> makes it easier. And It works. Yeah. You know? So it's a great city. And then I, I guess as a final question, just so what do you think is the main issue? If there is one, we know there's many. But right. going forward in terms of just the economy and, yeah, and in terms of, of leading up to the election, what's the big thing that really keeps the, you up at night or that you focus on? Um, public safety in that the sheriff's costs and all law enforcement costs are skyrocketing. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's living lean as far as COVID really beat up the cities quite a bit. We had some help from the federal government, a little bit of help from the state to keep us afloat. But keeping those numbers in the black, a little bit tough. And from what I understand, the most recently negotiated contract with the sheriffs is going up 17% huh. over three years, but we're already, you know, struggling. So we're hoping that we'll get some more tax income. So it's, it's financial. It's yeah. financial. We've got a beautiful city, but prices like everybody else Everything keeps going up. up. But yeah. we're working on that and keeping the public safe is we're one of the safest cities in the state. And it's always fantastic. We're usually one between one, three, and four. It helps to have a substation in our city. So we have a lot of, a lot of cars, patrol cars going through. But just making sure we stay ahead of that. Yeah. And there's always something new popping up. Good. Well, look, I appreciate you coming on and, Thanks, and sharing all your, your views. And, and certainly we appreciate all the good work that you do for the city of Aliso Viejo and, and continued success to you uh, and your family and the city. Thank you, sir. And I'm glad you're healthy. And yeah. I hope you stay good. that way and, and, and many more brighter days ahead. That's so. great. And thank you to you for doing this is great work you do, getting you know, the public out to know what's going on, the public officials and other folks in the business and all about real estate because that's important very important well i appreciate you teeing me up and that yeah. is our show it is tuesday we've talked some real estate we will be back here next tuesday i am barry saywitz president of the saywitz company managing partner of saywitz properties i want to give a special thanks to everybody here at oc talk radio for all their continued support in putting the show on and we'll see you back here next week on more let's talk real estate There you have it. You've been listening to Let's Talk Real Estate, your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in Southern California. On Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio, streaming live from our studio here at the University of California Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center.